0: People have opinions without being fully informed Trust
1: me, I'm a Canadian here I don't care if you're a Christian, Messianic, or Hebrew roots I want to know if your theology is biblical
0: Maybe I'm right, of course I'm right
1: If you're going to cite a source, be responsible You know, cite your source Your are goes to college Hey, we're just having a conversation. There's only 36 people listening anyway, right? You can Google it. Wow, at what
0: point does history matter? At what point does truth matter?
1: An alien invasion, is it biblical? Of course it is. Look, there's a way to do scholarship and a way not to do scholarship. You gotta set your source. Who's your source? My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows his kid is going with the girl. And that about sums it up. What up and Shalom, welcome to the Robin Caleb Show. Show where theology matters, scholarship counts, theology matters. My name is Caleb Hegg. With me, of course, Rob Van Hoff. What up, Rob? Straight from Jerusalem. Hey, how are you, Caleb? I'm good. So, it looks like for some reason our radio is not, uh, my radio connection is not working. It says error. I thought this might be a problem. Uh, so today it's, uh, if you're gonna listen, you got to be listening in on uh, YouTube. So, I apologize for. Well, nobody can hear me on the radio anyway. Anyway, let's uh, let's turn to more important things. Rob, Jerusalem, how are you, man? I'm doing
0: very well. I'm a little bit bushed, as they say.
1: Hey, turn your camera. You're uh, you're off to the side. I know. I just moved, I just adjusted because no, there's a you're off. There's a delay. There you oh, go. There way. you go. There you go. Good. Yeah, so for those who don't know, um Rob is is uh, been traveling around the land. First time to the uh, land, right? With uh, First time ever. Yeah, and uh traveled with his with his son Andrew. How old's Andrew?
0: 22.
1: 22, you think. <laughs> um and okay, so uh, let's get right to it, right? I mean, we could talk about other things first if you want to. Let's well let's do this. Let's Let's give a, a shout-out to our sponsors. Of course, The Rob and Caleb Show is brought to you by TorahResource.com. Go to Torah Resource, find all sorts of great things. And, of course, uh, fr- free things and things to purchase. Uh, but most importantly, right now you can sign up for language classes. That's right. Take Greek from the, the mighty Rob Vanhoff. Uh, and uh, you can take Hebrew from my father, Tim Heg. And now is the time to uh, sign up because we only let you start once a year. And that's in the fall quarter, so sign up today. And of course, if you want to, you can give us a call. Leave us uh, comments on our comment line, 253-465-3205. Uh, I'll give it to you one more time. It is 253-465-3205. And uh, last but not least, don't forget to send us email, chagatourresource.com. That's chagatourresource.com. And yeah, that's about it. OK. so uh rob traveled to israel for one main reason and that main reason was what to present a paper oh and look what do you have you have a uh i'm keeping this well i i can't see what it is pull it back i don't know if you can, can you see the whole thing oh nice oh yeah in hebrew and everything there you go so for those like they, yeah.
0: they spare no expense this is like quality like material so this is this so, is the
1: wait hang on for those who, who can't see you this is like the uh your name tag but it's huge right so it went like on the end of the table is that what's going on
0: yeah yeah well there's four people but you know how we go to spl every year and we get our little bags
1: yeah oh we wow got our, uh,
0: yeah 70 because it's celebrating the uh, 70 years
1: now tell people what uh, the conference the was state. what was the name of the conference
0: it is the 17th world congress of jewish studies um and in jerusalem they meet every four years in jerusalem sorry if the numbers if you can't see all the info on there when the way i hold it up Um, and it's the biggest jewish studies Gathering in the world
1: now. When we say Jewish studies, what are you talking about? Are you talking about just Mizrach? Are you talking about Hebrew no, Bible? No, no, everything. Everything.
0: Hebrew Bible to Zionism to um, uh, you know Middle Ages to uh, Jewish names. I mean, there, there, the the catalog was like 175 or so, almost 200 pages.
1: Wow. So was well, so, it well attended? How many How many people uh, attended oh, oh, yeah. the actual conference?
0: I, I do not have numbers on that. that rough estimate. Was big, it like they an, had it
1: like they had it, an accordance booth? Oh, did they? Accordance
0: was there with it, with it small. booth. I mean, these these aren't as big booths as they are at uh, uh, you know SBL, but they're they're smaller. But they had major book publishers
1: um, and uh, what was the, What was the book display like? I mean, I'm trying to get a rough estimate of numbers. So was it like the ETS? An, oh, not like that. No. Okay. No. So a lot of people maybe a thousand people.
0: Yeah, I'd have to look it up. I I, maybe they've published how many
1: Um, uh, So
0: but our section was called was specifically focused on the Masora Mm -hmm. Uh, And there were four Masora blocks there might have been more I I I didn't go to all of them, but um, each block was two hours and They're in real nice rooms Um, Was there was it well-attended? Yeah, mine was, my my room was, I don't know, there may have been a couple empty chairs, but it was pretty almost full. Um, And it was great. Uh, With the PowerPoint presentation, it's a brand new building on the Hebrew University campus, on the Mount Scopus campus. Um, And it was really great. I got some really great feedback. Uh, I met, there was a, a, uh, someone came up and started talking to me. About my paper at the end of the book. Let me finish. So it's a two-hour block, and there's four papers for a two-hour block. Very so, similar to SBL. So you have so what, 20.
1: Like, you have 25 minutes and yeah, five minutes for Q and A.
0: Minutes. Ideal 20, because then you have more back and forth time. But I went a little over. I probably went about 22 minutes. Um, but then after the end of the two hours, you have people shuffling around, wanting to talk to each other. Sure. And I had a great conversation with someone who uh, was an older uh, Jewish uh, professor. You know, he's very smart. He's saying, this is what you need to do next. Kind of thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, what you did here, this and this, but even more, you can look at this and at this other thing. And then I'm like looking down at this name tag and it's, it's Jordan uh, Pencor, who is... Uh, top-notch uh, Israeli scholar of rabbinics and of Masora. And I've been wanting to meet him anyway uh, for another reason. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't even know I was, you know, this guy was uh, the same, this guy, you know. Anyway, so he liked my paper. He said I did a great job. And I had a couple people. I had one guy to, to give me his contact info. The guy who translated Emmanuel Tove into uh, Spanish or Portuguese, I don't know, but he's like very important paper, and he gave me his contact information. I nice. say, well, I don't have it written. It's all kind of oral. Uh, he said, it's okay. It's a, so had people say, you know, good job,
1: good job. Hey, center your um, camera again real quick. I'm sorry to bother you, but you, we're cutting off half of your face here. Yep, keep going. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. There you go. Much better.
0: Um, so it was really good. It, uh, I'm glad I did it. I'm thankful you know, to the Lord for the opportunity to do it. And I already have a lot of cool ideas. I, I know also how I could have done better. I could have made it more clear. Um,
1: don't you always feel but, like that after every paper though?
0: Yeah, but you know, it's like a, it's like a learning curve, you know? So, uh, but that was really great. Great to participate on that. It's a special deal. You know, 70 years uh, in the land they're celebrating. And Hebrew University campus is uh, up there on Mount Scopus. There's some beautiful outlooks over the the city. And uh, one of those I I posted on our Facebook. It's kind of just a pan from the setting sun yep. all the way over the Temple Mount up to the Mount of Olives where you saw the moon. Yeah. Those are pretty cool. Pretty
1: cool. So, uh, uh, it's
0: hard to... It's hard to even capture some of that beauty, you know, on a camera.
1: Well, it's more of a, a feeling, too, right? Being yeah. in Israel. Anyway, so uh, let's tell a, a quick story for those who uh, who have never heard this. In in uh, what two years ago, we we were in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, at the SBL. Rob presented a paper at the uh, at the Missouri section. And uh, it was his first paper. He was very nervous. It was his first paper that he was presenting at the SBL. He was very nervous about it, and uh, and it was uh, you know obviously the Missouri section is as we've said before it's the nerd of nerds in biblical studies, and uh, so the but the room was uh, very small but it was it was packed full and so Rob gives his his presentation great presentation, and afterwards this one lady she stand she raises her hand and for uh, proceeds for the next I would say five minutes. To not only challenge, but I would uh, pretty much say try to attempted to roast uh, Rob on his paper, and uh, she was not very happy about what he had to say. It's my understanding that this same lady showed up to your paper here in Jerusalem. How did that it go down? She,
0: she didn't like my uh, methodology <laughs> or something. And so we went back forth, and then
1: I then I just said, thank you. And then other people said, like, they asked a completely different question. They were just like... <laughs>
0: So no, she didn't like no. it again.
1: She's got something against you, man. Is it, were it's you wearing a hat? Did you wear a hat? No, it, it's under, it undermines her,
0: what I'm talking about undermines her research, I think. That's why. I mean, that's what it seems like. But I do realize there was some, I mean, I, also there's a language barrier. So some people come and their are Hebrews are first language and they're not real strong on English or Spanish is their first language they are not real strong on English. And so I do, uh, see some places where I could have been more precise in my wording. Sure. And it seems obvious to me now, but at the time, you know, prepping up for it, it didn't, it, I thought that I had it clear. So that's another value to these kinds of things is getting that feedback and sharpening our, our thinking.
1: Sure. Um, well, okay. So Rob has uh, pre- has sent me numerous pictures that he has taken from uh, from Jerusalem. This could be interesting because some of them are full size, some of them are not full size. So I'm in, in terms of video production, this is going to be interesting how this will go here. Um, but I'm going to let you uh, drive this conversation. Now this is the first time that you've been to Israel. It's you know it's been 18 years since I was in the land, and uh, when I was yeah. in the land, things uh, were quite I, I believe quite a bit different. And not only that, but I wasn't actually getting around to see different things. I spent almost all of my time in Jerusalem. I was in Jerusalem for two months. I spent almost all my time in Jerusalem in the old city of Jerusalem and or down by Ben Yehuda Street. Um, And so I really didn't see hardly anything. Uh, except for basically that, and then uh, I then I, I left. I went up towards uh, Haifa I was in Haifa and in Carmel for uh, quite some time. and I didn't once again, it it oh. wasn't a tourist uh, adventure for me. it was uh, more to attempt to live in the land. And so I think you've probably already seen more than I have that when I was there for six months, uh, you've probably oh. seen more in the in the past week and a half than I mm-hmm. saw in six months. So uh, talk about getting over there. everyone. No matter who you are, if you go to Israel, uh, now maybe yours will be on the way coming back, but everyone always has a customs story. Getting in or coming out of, of uh, mm-hmm. Israeli customs is, uh, is a nightmare in and of itself. How was the travel mm-hmm. over there? And where did it you stop, okay. too?
0: We, it was Spokane to Seattle, Seattle, London, London, Tel Aviv, and uh, when we got to Israel, the guys were just, they, they had somebody, they were going through customs, and they just waved us through. So oh, nice. that was in Tel Aviv.
1: Did you but spend time in London?
0: We had just enough time to walk to our next plane and wait for like 15 minutes, and boom, we were, we were on the next plane.
1: Yeah. So do you so have a, do you have a layover was, coming back?
0: It's pretty much same straightforward. Yeah. I mean, the reverse of the same with not much, not much time in between.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so what what was the first thing you guys did? Did you get in a cab and say to the hotel? No, no, we did. Uh, <laughs> that's what that's we, we, what I did. And
0: I, I thought I had a I thought I had a picture. That let me see. I'll find it. I'll find it, Caleb. It's it's the setting sun, but don't confuse it with the Masada picture. Let me see. Yep,
1: here. I got you. Okay, so we're talking about eighty. Uh, well, yeah, I see it, and here we go. Okay, yep, so this is the setting sun over what, uh, what body of water?
0: So, oh, I'm not seeing it yet, that's right. Well, if it's the one, uh, hopefully it'll show up here because there's the, the, the lag time. Um, what we did is uh, we went to, oh no, that's actually sunrise, but let's talk about that. Okay. This is sunrise from Masada. So oh, okay. we, did, we did what's called the sunrise walk of the Nahash, so the, the, the snake there's a snake path, they call it, which was the only way to get to up to the fortress in the ancient, to, in the second temple period. You know, it, and the only way up there was to take this snake path and it zigzags, it's on the east side. So we got to the parking lot at the bottom, uh, right off the highway, so right at the Dead Sea level at 5 a.m., so it's still dark. And we start hiking up, and I thought I was going to die a couple times. <laughs> but then slowly, as as we as we ascended, you know, it was getting lighter and lighter. You could see Venus out there. This is – we've already – by the time you see the picture here, we've already made it to the top. And we had a couple minutes just to relax and, and sit down and get – they have fresh water up there. And we've got some pictures of the sun coming up over the Dead Sea. So that's on the top of Masada. Looking east as the Sun came up.
1: Okay. Hang on now. Let's go. Okay. Let's back There's another
0: picture of Masada from the day prior if you see it It's Masada from the from the east from from down from down below From down below. Okay. So that's
1: going to be so uh, Give it just a second. You'll see it come over too. So this is the Sun in the background of Masada You had to walk up on top of this on top of this ridge or on top of the uh, Yeah, go ahead
0: I don't remember that you can look, you can Google it and you can see the, uh, I don't know if the picture is good enough to see the snake trail, but basically we're now down on the high, right off the highway with the dead seas behind us. And we're looking West and this is the day before. So this is late in the afternoon and you can see, uh, the mountain runs, you know, North to South and on the North base there. So on the right side is the, the terraced. Consecutive terraced palaces, more and more fancy. And Herod, the lowest terraced palace on the north end, was only Herod could be there. Hmm. Uh, the one above that, his his family could be there, and then the one above that was where he'd have all his all his friends and stuff. And then there's a wall, and then there's the huge, the full mountaintop is uh, uh, peri- has a perimeter of a of a just huge. Fortress walls. Okay, wait, hang on just a sec.
1: Before we go on, you know, I I think we'd be remiss not to tell people exactly what Masada is. And and I'll I'll start with the very Hmm. minimal knowledge I have. And since it's fresh in your mind, you can tell me where I'm wrong and and then expand on it. Um, During the siege in 70 against the temple, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right around that time, uh, people were fl- fleeing, and there was a group that went up to the top of this ridge, which uh, in the picture you can you can see in there. And the nice thing about this fortress is that it is a fortress because you you have a 360 degree. View all the way around you of whatever may be coming for a very long way, and it's impossible to get up there. So they hiked up there, they got on top, and they had enough supplies. They stayed in there for uh, two or so years, and uh, while that happened, the uh, the Romans uh, decided that they had already
0: destroyed the temple.
1: Yeah, they had already destroyed the temple, and and uh, they were trying to get the the this uh, fortress to come down, or the people in this fortress to come down. And they, they had some very cruel tactics. They were uh, catapulting um, uh, family members into uh, into the walls and whatnot to try to get the people to come out. The people wouldn't come out. So it took them two years to build this ramp up to Masada. And I believe that's actually... I think it was,
0: quick. think it was quicker than that, but in any event... They, they slowly they, built and that was on the other side. So that was okay. on the on the west side of the mountain. They're slowly building
1: that ramp up. So they finally yeah, they, you're they, right. they they finally okay. build the ramp up, they burn the outer wall to to <clears throat> and the way that this works is in these sieges, they would burn the outer wall and then they'd collapse the wall in and they need to be able to get up and over. Well, as they're burning the wall, the people on the inside or so the story goes, uh the people on the inside decided that they'd rather die than be taken captive. They supposedly selected uh, several people, and those people went around and uh, did the deed of, of uh, exterminating all these people, and then in the end took their own lives. And apparently, there were several people who survived. Uh, Josephus claims to have been there, um, or at least he he tells the, sto- he tells he, the story. He tells the story as if he
0: saw it. He saw it from a distance. He never. <clears throat> I I don't know if he ever was there, but he he did interview. People who were there and tells the story.
1: So anyway, th- and this is the uh, so let's go back now that we've t- kind of. And would you like to uh, expand at all on what I just said in terms of the story? Is there any details? No, it's that- a
0: great. I mean, it's it's important. Well, you can say that Herod Herod the Great fortified it a hundred years prior, almost, and so he he had it as a <clears throat> as his own getaway. And yeah, they had agriculture growing up there. They had a he had a water supply. They, they had a real brilliant system for capturing the the water from the flash floods in the spring. And um, so they had water. They had agriculture. They kept pigeons, so they had pigeon meat. Um, and they could pretty much live you know and as maturity, you can you know?
1: as you can see from this second picture here the the one with the sun rising that that uh, Rob's already talked to us about if you can imagine this actually does a 360 view so basically well, yeah, you can you can, you can see for i mean miles and miles away in every direction so if an army's mm-hmm. coming to attack you this is why uh, masada is such a great fortress if an army's coming to attack you you can see them from miles away there's no there's no uh, surprise yeah. ambush
0: so – and Rome knew they couldn't take it by the snake path because they uh, – Herod had a big – they had a big storage of uh, big stones, boulders. They would just crush the people, you yeah. know, who were trying to climb up. Um, and so Rome, they built a siege all the way around on the surrounding hills and, and kind of cliffs, and then they slowly built this this ramp. Hmm. Uh, crazy. Okay, so let's so move – So anyway, home. that, that Let, was really
1: cool. Let's move on. You said that you wanted initially you wanted a sunrise. Let me make sure I got it here. I think well, it's, it's
0: it's a sunset. Sorry, but I don't. But I don't know if you can see the sun. So in the are, picture are we see.
1: looking at water at this point?
0: Yeah, it's Mediterranean. It's from Tel Dor.
1: Yeah, so I think I got, it's got this. Got one some up. rock. Right? Yep. So go ahead and tell us about this picture.
0: This is what back to the, what you said. We did right away. We went up north to Tel Dor, which is which is a bit north of. It's on the Mediterranean. You can kind of see the. Mediterranean Sea there in the in the middle up above you see the water line there This is just inside where there was an ancient uh, Canaanite uh, uh, Port city here where they uh, Cultivated snail shells for the purple
1: Yeah for the T'chelet that's in our Tzitzit Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's for exactly Um, It's the bluish purple and they exported it was a a very very uh, pricely uh, you know all the royalty and people with money wanted it mm. uh, as a die and so Teldor is where they have all these little uh you know like little tide pools but they're controlled because they learned how to create the ideal environment for these snails to produce uh to produce the most uh die and and there's there's uh places where you still see, see pillars that are you know gone now and and um, different kinds of wall reinforcement and ways they had little pools defined by stone. But anyway, it was, it was really cool, and, and so the sunset there, that was our first night, uh, Dor, it's called, mm. and it's just north of Caesarea. So you could look down, you could look south and see uh, Caesarea, just right down there.
1: So now tell, uh, tell me and maybe plug for us, uh, <clears throat> your, 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 you had a guide in, in Israel, correct?
0: Yes, we had a wonderful guide who took us around and it was, it was awesome.
1: And he was, re- um, he's related to, are, are are we talking about Yoel?
0: Yeah, Yoel. He's with Ad Olam Tours, Ad Olam Tours. And, um...
1: And, and for those who don't know, Yoel Berkowitz is the son of uh, one of the t- one of the instructors at Torah Resource Institute, Ariel Berkowitz. Ariel Berkowitz this uh, year or this coming quarter is giving two different classes: one on uh, church history from the Reformation to present day, which is one of the, my favorite classes that I've ever taken at uh, at Torah Resource Institute, and then also he's giving one on uh, ge- uh, geography of the biblical lands, which is uh, looking at the different geography. Within, uh, within the biblical times and, and uh, kind of where things were to, to orient people. Um, but anyway, his son uh, owns this uh, touring company, uh, uh, Yoel and his wife own this touring company. And uh, so uh, I've been told by other people that he has uh, – he, he takes some fun – risks, maybe risks, mm-hmm. in uh, in taking people to places that uh, maybe you wouldn't normally be able to get into. Do you yeah, any stories like that? In,
0: in they, you know, the Berkowitzes have a deep, deep love for the uh, Midbar, for the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the passages of scripture from the Torah, you know, all through to, um, you know, the prophetic, uh, like Isaiah 40, voice crying in the wilderness, you know, the uh, Midbar and they um so they really dug deep into uh how this those passages that that deal with the shepherding because the, the role of the shepherd is in the desert right it's, it's the shepherd is in the desert and that's and he watches over his flock and um you know having spent uh quite a few days in the desert and getting out in the middle of nowhere and seeing the acacia trees for example or seeing hyssop Growing right out of the out of the desert and seeing the the little dried water or the Nahal, the dried. Uh, right now it's the dry season, so all the little riverbeds are dried out. But come springtime, the flash floods come and there's just masses of water there. But um, contrasting that with being in Jerusalem for the last five days, where it's just noise, tons of people. You have the different sects. You have, I mean, even walking around. There's of people who are observant. You have a whole variety. Even among the Heredim, you've got you know. You can tell people by the kind of hat they wear. If it's back, you know, the people the hat way back or the the fur hat kind of hat or the, um, the 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 way the women dress differs. Some you can't see any hair at all. Some are you can see a little bit of hair, you know, and there's and there's style difference you can tell. Um, we happen to be in a neighborhood that is, uh, a vi- there's probably, I'm thinking three or four Kabbalistic yeshivas right and synagogues, right in this neighborhood. So whenever we're walking, you know, I'm reading signs, I've taken pictures of a lot of these signs just to see, you know, what,
1: uh, let's take a look at a couple of those since you're talking about them. I have, uh, two different oh. ones here of stickers Correct. Oh, yeah,
0: this is great. So this is, you know, Jaffa Street, Jaffa Street, or Jaffa. It's a main street that basically if you take Jerusalem and draw a line to Jaffa on the water, it's kind of a a path. Well, um, there's also more recent, I don't think that the Jaffa Gate was there. It it wasn't there until later, after the Second Temple was destroyed. But there's a, a Jaffa Gate, and then Jaffa Road has... Has the the train on it, the light rail going up and down on it. But it's a main walkway, too. People walk up and down uh, Jaffa. And so we've got these light lamp lamp posts, these huge, tall ones with these stickers on it. And so I just couldn't help, you know, I'm seeing this everywhere. I'm like, okay, here's two different lamp posts that I just took pictures of that have stickers on them, uh, almost like a politicization of like. This is this guy's the Messiah. No, this guy's the Messiah. So, okay,
1: so so let's look at the top the top one first. <clears> is okay. I don't know if hopefully y- you can see y- the whole. Thing. Y- y- ham, ham, uh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, first one is, is.
0: Do you see who the guy is? Right?
1: Yeah, it's Schneerson. Yeah,
0: it says Yah, <clears throat> uh, y- let it let the King Messiah live.
1: Oh, Hamelik. Y- oh, Hamelik. Yeah. I see the the okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah let
0: let the King or let the king messiah live or the king messiah lives or something like that and the one below says Saba Zeh Mashiach this is the messiah and if you zoomed in really with the little white it looks like a little playing card that's Saba and it says he's the king messiah in Hebrew and so here's an example on one telephone pole or a light lamp post on Jaffa street One group is saying, hey, this guy's the Messiah, and another group's got a different sticker saying, hey,
1: this guy's the Messiah. No, I don't know who the – okay, in the bottom picture, who is the? Who he's, is he's it? Lover. He's a
0: Breslover. He's a Breslover named Saba.
1: And they think that he's the Messiah now?
0: Yeah, yeah. Really? When did that come and about? Think, and I think he died too. Oh, of course. Uh, when they, they call they, him the Nana. Non-ho- the Nanak's
1: yeah no if you now uh for those who don't know if you ever go uh to Jerusalem, you'll see that the breast lobbers have uh a a special kippa. it's white and then it has the saying written around it and that's part of it right Nah, nach nachman yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah, and so there's two anyway, I just took these pictures there's two different uh lampposts I'm sure you can find more that both of which have Schneerson <laughs> up on one sticker and then you've got another sticker below making a so both these claims can't be true. Here's one thing. Even you don't even have to be religious to figure this part out to say, hmm, what's going on here? I, I'm like, this is this is so beneath the dignity of the Davidic royal line. I'm I'm like, I just like, I can't even believe it. Like, <laughs> it's almost it's like, uh, like they're campaigning, like vote for the Messiah of your choice. <laughs> like, <who are> you? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So that was a funny thing. Another funny thing is that uh, Caleb, if you would show, we went up to Sfat, which is the mystical capital, you know, Jewish mystical capital of the world. I suppose it's also the highest elevation city in Israel. And um, so we went there as this was the kind of the end of Tishba'av, which was a fast day, mourning the traditional day for mourning the the destruction of the temple. And we went into one of these uh, yeshivas called the. Uh, the uh, abu hav the abu hav so it's like a 16th century yeshiva and it had been renovated i think there was some damage from an earthquake and they had fixed it but we went in there and they were finishing there was a chazan up on the 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 uh the bima and then they broke their fast food. they brought out a bunch of watermelon everybody's eat watermelon anyway it's pretty pretty interesting um but when we were leaving spot. We, we were driving, and we were hungry, and we saw this sign. Uh, did you put the picture up? Go for it. It's the, the Pizza Rashbi. Pizza Rashbi. Well, if you know what Rashbi is, it's, it's the, you know, like Rashi, Rambam, Ramban. These are all acronyms for the name. So Rashbi is, is Rabbi, Shlone, uh, uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Who is the imagined author of the the book Zohar? And so I had to take a picture. So it says Pizza Rashbi, and the little it's got the little uh, with the help of heaven kind of note above. Um, but why? That's not so. Right there, I would have bought the pizza. I I would have probably bought the pizza. Okay, because <laughs> you can kind of see the guy. It's got little Hasidic guys selling the pizza, but. What what really sealed the deal was what's in the lower right and left hand corners there. That's right. Because <laughs> because I remember way way back, uh, Caleb, you had made you took the old RC logo and you kind of you kind of sweetened it up with the Robin Caleb show. Yeah, instead yeah, I, 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 I I super it was <laughs> almost like I could not believe. It. So this is in spot <laughs> Israel, like this like the, uh, people get the the. Pizza Rashby, and they see this RC Cola thing there. I don't even know if they have RC Cola anymore. I don't. Is that even a thing anymore? I don't know. I don't I,
1: know. I, yeah, what I had done was I had taken I had uh, with Photoshop. I took out Cola and put Show yeah. there. So it said R, the RC Show. Um. Yeah, that's funny. Well, how was the pizza? What'd you get? It was. It was good pizza. It's just like pizza with cheese and olives. Yeah, so so obviously, really you know, for those who've never traveled to Israel, um, you know, the uh, pizza uh, in Israel, it, p- pizza pizza in Israel's is uh, very different from what you might have here in the United States because there's no meat on it because they can't they can't mix mix uh, the the milk and meat together. So uh, instead, they'll have like I remember having tuna fish on my uh, pizza. I remember having a lot of corn on my pizza and uh, olives and mushrooms, <clears throat> and of course the. The olives and mushrooms are not like what uh, you get at uh, you know Domino's pizza here in the United States. It's it's uh it's a whole different experience. So, okay. I Like
0: what Derek said. It reminds me of Mystic pizza.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt.
0: That's what it is. And we got the RC up there twice. So
1: Okay. Anyway, so, so um those
0: those were some of the funny things No, uh, I
1: I, I, see, I see a couple of things that I recognize here. For instance, it looks like you got a, uh, for those who've read Matthew and, and uh, uh, what is it, Matthew 26, I think it is, 25, 26, where he talks about the seat of Moses. They sit in the seat of Moses, right? Now, right. I, I haven't brought it up yet, but I, I see that you, do you Go is, ahead. Yeah. Is, is there other pictures you'd like to lead into this or you want to see no, this that, one first? No,
0: that's good, that's good. So, w- w- we spent half our time up in the Galilee, mm-hmm. and the other time we spent in um the other time we spent uh, elsewhere, down here in the, the South, and and then in Jerusalem. So,
1: so this uh, right here is from a synagogue, correct? And this is uh, right? they believe this is what uh, one of the things that would be considered the seat of Moses.
0: Correct. Yeah, this is from.
1: Uh, someone's knocking at the door. Is it your son?
0: <laughs> Maybe no, it's the Messiah.
1: No. Maybe it's Elijah. Maybe, uh, Elijah's knocking at the door. Let him in. <laughs> so
0: the image that you see there is from the synagogue at uh, Chorazin, which is in Galilee. It's in the north. And so all, all the material is made of uh, basalt. All the, the stone... the pillars and everything. Um, and so this is just north of, uh, Nahum or Capernaum. And what, uh, we see there is, uh, this chair that was received made of stone. That's in this, that's in the, in the synagogue up there. Now, this particular one they have on the site is a replica. Mm. They have the real one elsewhere. And the reason for that is because they don't want it to get vandalized, I guess, or whatever. So they've done a, a reconstruction, and this is the the reconstruction. But it, it looks the same. I mean, you couldn't tell the difference. Um, and it has, you know, an inscription on there. And so this is a um, this is a, a second temple period synagogue. This is not a later Byzantine. Like we see in Tiberius and you know, Sepphoris and etc. This is a this the synagogue there at uh, Chorazin was up and active um, in the Second Temple period. And there's a, a mikveh there. And but all if you see that that stone that's in the background, that that kind of dark, deep bluish gray, that's the basalt stone. So all the the first century synagogues in the Galilee are made of that kind of stone because that's what's available. When you get in the south, they're using the limestone, the the whiter
1: stuff. Um, okay, no, I, I'm sorry. The chat room asked, and this is a great question because uh, back... I'm gonna keep referencing when I was there. Back when I was in in Israel, uh, coffee was not uh, nearly what it is today. Starbucks uh, was just starting to rise to power, uh, you know, substantially in the U.S. And uh, there was no Starbucks in in Israel when I was there. The question from the chat room is: Is how is the coffee now? When I was there, uh, coffee costs a buck fifty for one cup of coffee, and it was awful. It was uh, Turkish instant coffee. That's what they uh, that's what they would serve you.
0: What they have now is the famous thing that people like. It's called iced coffee, and it's actually ice iced coffee. And what it is, it's like a Frappuccino. It's like a Slurpee or it's a
1: – Can you get just a cup of coffee though? I had to like, – finally I it's, found a place. It's impossible, isn't it? And, and was it any good? No, they have two decent <laughs> –
0: there's like a, 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 a top notch and then a, maybe just a second notch if that one's not open in the market here. So, so that's really good. And, uh, um, Okay, that.
1: Okay. Let's, that I'm sorry to get you off on coffee in the land. Let's go back to your pictures. Now, what else do we have? Do we, do you have anything else from that same synagogue where we saw the seat of Moses? No, I just
0: had to pick, I took, as you can imagine, lots of pictures. Yeah, of um, course. Um, so there's just, two shots from Qumran. One of the of a mikveh that you see the steps going down, and then one of Cave Four, so you see a cave.
1: Okay, so here's um, here's the steps going down to the mikveh.
0: Yeah, so we, we you know went to the to the Qumran site, and uh, it was real hot out, but you got an appreciation for the value of water. They they had a real sophisticated way to collect and then channel water, and they had a, an initial place where they would bring the water would, from a flash flood would come in. And it would uh, kind of a, a like a wading pool, like a large wading pool. But it would stay there until it settled. Like all the, you know, because all the the debris and, and sand or, or, you know, dust that it gathered all the way would then settle. And then they would have that fresh water. They could then re-channel that out. And then they would clean out all the sludge, you know. So I, and then a lot of uh uh, mikvas going on and, and some large uh, what they call a bore in Hebrew bore is a big cistern carved into the ground so they they uh, you know water was really precious to them and they had a real smart way of handling it but I realized that I think you know they had the one and two year entry kind of obstacle course that uh, you know potential converts to their sect had to go through and I was I'm I totally think that these guys' job. Okay, your your job is to clean out the, the <laughs> sludge out out of the bottom of the cistern at the end of every. You know, I mean, and, it's uh, and it's like the that,
1: hazing for the Qumran sect. Yes.
0: <laughs> and I think what happened is that that's where they do an initial kind of call. Like people say, "I'm out of here. This uh, this job. I'm not going to do this. Okay, bye." Because what they did is, if you remember with Qumran, if you wanted to join their community, you had to bring all your work worldly wealth, and you'd give it all to them, and, but they wouldn't accept it into their community. They'd put it in, in a holding thing, because un, unless you made it through the two-year deal, they would your money would stay in this thing. So if, if anybody left or got kicked out before that two years was up, they just got all their money back. They'd say, well, okay, but what are they doing while they're there? I think they're doing the hard labor. Because the smart guy, I mean, the, the elite, they're the scribes and they're the ones that are studying and teaching. They're not out there cleaning the sludge out of the bottom of the cistern or carrying water to the, to the mikvahs or making, uh, making clay pots for the, you know, those are all, uh, they had, a, I think they had some, uh, I wouldn't say slave labor, but I think that the the basic, you know, what do you call it, grunt work. Is was part of the how bad do you want to be part of us kind of process,
1: okay? I'm gonna bring up the uh, cave picture here, and this is a fame. I mean, most people know uh this it in a book, yeah, yeah exactly. So, it's, the- so weird. it's like
0: I saw it, and it's like oh my, I know that's cave four, like right there. So this is the cave, one of the famous caves, but uh, but cave four had a lot of different uh, uh, famous scrolls in it, among which is the, the halakhic letter. 4Q NMT was was in that one, and of course there's been some erosion over the year because this chalk, this is the the rock is basically uh, chalk, mm-hmm. and so, um, uh, you know, with an iron tool they can they can chisel and and cut this out. Some of these caves I know were naturally formed, and then they probably might have um, enhanced them a little bit. But uh, but it's real. You can see how they would have easily gone from their their central location out to these caves and to to store um, to store their texts. Mm. And uh, one other thing, it seemed, you know, the Qumran kept their site. There, there were no bathrooms. Right. There's no bathrooms in the camp. They all did their business out Away from the camp, and that was one of their criticisms of Jerusalem, uh, that Jerusalem had defiled the camp because they had, you know, ways for people to, to for their bodily process to happen in the in the city, and the Qumran people apparently didn't like that. Um, but it was it was great to see that um, and to walk through and see how the, you know, how much they've excavated, and and you can really see, you know, the different rooms, and they have. Course, they've got their artistic reconstructions on little placards here and there that you can stop and read um, but boy I mean this you know any summer day you know 2,000 years ago is gonna be just as hot as it is you know on summer days this week and that water was was very very uh, precious to them and they, they had a real sophisticated way of managing the water
1: mm. Okay. So let's move on. I have a picture here. Um, let's see here. Let me switch to it and then I'll tell you what I'm looking at. This looks like overlooking an ancient synagogue with pillars. You're looking down on it maybe.
0: Yes. That is at Gamla. Gamla was amazing. If you, if you haven't heard of Gamla, look it up. G A M L A. Gamla is, it's the word for camel. Because uh, and they call it the Masada of the North. Hmm. Gamla is east of the Sea of Galilee. So when you're when you're at Gamla, you can look out and you can see the Sea of Galilee in the distance, and it's up on the Golan. But it's a natural little rift that goes out, and they had a a fortress, kind of like Masada, except it wasn't as big. But they had two wine presses. They had the, here's the synagogue, the little covered. Area back and to the right, there's a mikvah down there, and this too is a first century synagogue. It's all basalt, it's all rock taken from local what's available there in the Galilee, which is basalt. And uh, they had a water supply. Um, But and Josephus was here, as a matter of fact, he was Yosef bin Matadyahu at the time, of course. It was before uh, he was, you know, it was before the end of the war. He's still in charge of of the judean uh, military up front here in the north and he actually apparently uh, according to the oil, commanded some of the uh, reinforcements of the fortification but uh, but the story goes is that gom the town of Gamla, and the reason they call it gomla is because the hill you know how masada just goes up and over and down the gomla goes it has it's like a camel that's lying down you see that kind of these humps go down mm-hmm. but uh what what happens is, apparently is that half the community living there uh didn't want to fight the, they didn't want to rebel and the other half wanted to rebel and fight Rome well you know Rome came and and destroyed it and they they basically broke through the the wall there and and uh, uh you know just wiped it out and uh Jude, I don't know that there were any suicides but uh, there were, uh, Jews that the way Josephus tells it, they were running out the other end and it's just huge rocks and it keeps going down. And so there's no way they could have escaped, you know, it's, um, anyway, amazing history. Another hike that was, that, that, that hike wasn't as bad as Masada, but it was pretty close it, to get out to it. You have to go way, way, you hike way, way down and then way, way up. Yep. And, um, And then, so then you have to get back to your car. So you have to go way, way down and then way, way up again, you know? Um, so that's called, that's Gamla. Do you have have... one fact I didn't know, and maybe, maybe some of you guys knew this, but I didn't know this, that there is one legion, one of the Roman legions that was at that destroyed, that was at present at the destruction of uh, first Gamla, then Qumran, and then finally, um, Masada, that's the 10th, the 10th legion. They were at all of those. Those were the, mm. like, the, the hard, the battle-proven uh, Roman warriors. They were like SEAL there. Team 6. Yeah. So they were present at all three of those, uh, uh, you know, destructions.
1: Interesting. Uh,
0: whereas some of the other, you know, none of the others were at present at all All three of those.
1: Now, I got three more so, pictures. Are there any more from Gamla here?
0: No. Okay. no there's. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean hear. to
1: cut you off. Keep going with your story. No.
0: I would just say, if any, just look online and look up Gamla and then, uh, you can learn about it. It's, uh, uh, but they call it Gamla because it look the hills look like this camel and it's beautiful up there. You can see the sea of Galilee in the, in the distance on, on you can see the top of Mount Tabor a little bit. You can see, uh, I think you can see Marone, the hills of Marone and, and where spot is in the north further north. Um, yeah, it's amazing.
1: Okay, lead us to another picture here. We got three left. I have a floor. I have a. Uh, I don't yeah, even know. Let's,
0: Yeah, let's look at the floor. So, the floor, notice, you know, there's, there's so much to look at here, you know, obviously. And I am sure, I just grabbed some pictures. Um, but one, what I wanted to talk about with the floor mosaic is is, uh, you see the design actually has what you think, well, it kind of looks like a swastika repeated pattern. Mm hmm. Is that the one you have up there? Yep. This, this is the floor of Magdala, Magdala, from where we know of like Mir- Miriam Magdalene, right? It's from Magdala. It's right just north of Tiberias on the, on the Sea of Galilee, right down by the water. It's another first century synagogue. So this uh, synagogue was used by Jews in the first century. And this is a, a, just a one little piece that still remains of a, of a really lovely mosaic in the floor. And you see this design, and if you look, you can see a uh, little, what we would call, you know, it's like a, a backward swastika, I guess. Um, and what, there's another picture, which is back up from the, the Chorazin synagogue, that is a pillar, but it has the same design, if you see that. that's uh, So these are just two examples of Gal- first century Galilean synagogues that used this kind of... So, wait, hey,
1: now, now the pillar that I'm looking at, which you'll see come on your screen in just a second, there it is. Um, so, this is the bottom of a pillar, correct? Correct. And how many of these do you actually, how many, or is this the only pillar that's stand, uh, still standing?
0: No, there are others. This just, this, and some of them have different, but this is not the only design either. But what, I, what, it, what stuck out to me is like, wow, here we have um, both near the, somewhat near, you know, the mantle is right on the water the Sea Galilee, pretty much, whereas uh, Chorazin is up uh, in the hills, just north of Capernaum. So it takes a little bit to get to it. But Yeshua mentions Chorazin, right? He, uh, but they, there's. these are both first century synagogues that you see this kind of design. One is in the mosaic of the floor, the other is actually carved into the the base of the pillar
1: there. Are you getting attacked so, by a, uh, a little dog over there?
0: Yeah, something's <laughs> going on in the, in the alley behind us here.
1: Okay, so uh, then I got one picture left. Let's take a look at this picture. And actually, hang on, give me just a second. I got to transition into this. Okay, and what do we have here? It looks like a uh, Star of David.
0: Yes. So this is from the uh, Capernaum Synagogue, but it's later. It's it's what we call, they say it's Byzantine. So it's, it's a later, uh, it's limestone. For, and limestone's not part of the Galilean geography It's not a material available. And uh, so, uh, but I just thought, wow, you know, someone was talking just a couple shows ago, I think, or maybe it was on our, on one of our message or Facebook things, but uh, people saying that that was like a, you know, some sort of symbol of, whatever, but there's, there's so many different symbols that are used. And sometimes it's fruit. Like, I mean, I just have this one picture, but at uh, Capernaum alone, there's all these different designs and it's, it's just decorative design. It's not, it's not like you're ever worshiping the star or anything like that. Cause, cause the next pillar might have a thing of fruit or like grapes, you know, it's not like it's, so this is uh, it's a symmetrical, you know, kind of uh uh, a pattern that they used and, and there are other places too where you'll see that there's one like where I saw five-pointed star um, and it, it's just what it is it's just kind of fancy design but um, the same you know at Capernaum there there are uh, a, you know a carved menorah um, I think there there's pomegranates in some there's uh, a shofar so You see these different shapes used in the, the, you know, 3rd, 4th, 5th century BC, or no, sorry, AD common era synagogues. So this one here is after the the destruction of the first temple. But uh, yeah, there's so much to learn. You know, another thing that we looked at were, you know, a few of the synagogues we went to, which were later, the later Jewish synagogues. When I say later, I mean not second temple that were newer than that. Um, that used the synagogue uh, on the synagogue mosaic contained the zodiac like a big you know, and maybe you've seen that you can look online if you want to see pictures of that but you can see how uh, jews of that you know fourth fifth sixth century um there are many uh and we only saw a handful of them but there are many uh, synagogues throughout the land from that era that have very elaborate um with multiple colors of of tiles so you get kind of Different, you know, you can kind of see shapes to people's faces. It's a pretty, pretty sophisticated kind of art, um, but they've got these images from the zodiac. But they're you, but the names of the of the of the signs are in their Hebrew, you know, um, and and you wonder, it's like, well, why did so many of these uh, synagogues have mosaics in their in their main worship area with the zodiac? Um, and, you know, scholars talk about that. But anyway, so that's just another fascinating part of history to to learn about. You know, if you're interested, and you can look and, and read uh, about that kind of thing and see pictures and kind of see what, what some of the different takes
1: on that is. Okay, so how much time do you because have? You one point, because you, by reading, like, the Talmud,
0: you wouldn't think you'd ever see such a thing like that. Sure. Right.
1: So Okay, so how much time do you have left in, in the land before you uh, start we traveling? Tomorrow, we head out uh, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. All right, so this it's, is your last night. So
0: 12, 12 hours from where we're recording right now, we'll be in the airport.
1: I see. And so what are what's the plan for the last night in Jerusalem? Are you going down to the hotel? Are you going to pray? What are sleeping. you doing? You're sleeping. Have you been down to the hotel a lot? Have you spent a lot of time down there?
0: Uh, yesterday. I, after After talking to you, I felt like, okay, I better go down there. I've been down there, but I didn't go down. I, I didn't go down. Yesterday, I went. I spent about three hours down there.
1: Nice, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, we certainly appreciate you uh, taking time out of your uh, travels to sit down and and uh, you know talk to the 36. And uh, yeah, we hope that you have a great travel home. Um, for those who enjoyed this program, if you want to uh, send us emails or anything like that, feel free to do so. You can send us emails at chegattorahresource.com. It's toraresource.com. You can also give us a call. That's right. Call us at 253-465-3205. I'll give it to you again. It's 253-465-3205. And uh, be praying for Rob and his son, Andrew, as they travel back home. I'm sure his wife is uh, anxious to see him. And uh, not only that, but be sending us show ideas. I actually already have show ideas all lined up for next week. You can't wait to talk about it. I'm going to pull some clips and whatnot. Um, But uh, we still want to hear from you. So send us us emails and uh, let us uh, hear your voice on our comment line. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks for sharing your photos with us and uh, all, the, uh, all the joys that you're having in, in the land. And we're very happy that your paper went well and uh, that it was a blessed time. And uh, most of all, we're happy that you've been able to visit the land, the land mm-hmm. where one great man walked. And that great man was our great God and Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah.